0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Have you shrunk God? Today's problems are overwhelming, global warming, global rioting. What problem do you believe is too big for God? Here's Pastor Kramer with today's message. You can take him at his word.
1: big is God? I invite you to stay with us and find out as we look at the Old Testament book of Isaiah today. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty, everlasting God, who reigns over the universe and still knows each one of us, we praise you for your greatness, your faithfulness, and your loving kindness. Amen. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Isaiah chapter 44, beginning at verse 6. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. Who is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and set it before me, since I appointed an ancient people. Let them declare what is to come and what will happen. Fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. Dear friends, back in 1989, the Walt Disney Company released a comic science fiction movie entitled Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. The plot involves a story of an inventor who accidentally shrinks his own kids and the next-door neighbor's kids to a quarter of an inch in height with his electromagnetic shrinking machine. And then he unknowingly throws them out with the trash. Well, they escape the trash and enter the backyard where they have to fend for themselves against insects and all kinds of threatening and challenging obstacles. Thus the title, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids the inventor tells his wife. Well, sometimes we have to admit that we do that to God in our minds. The problems of the world or problems in my personal life seem too big, too overwhelming for even God to handle. And then there's pluralism with other gods we're told about that we ought to look into if we're disappointed in our own faith journey. And some days we feel like evil holds its sway over the world, and so our little faith ends up producing this story. Honey, I shrunk God. Such was the case with God's people in our passage for today. They're depressed. They're having doubts. Things look hopeless in their minds. They've been in exile in a foreign land called Babylon for many, many years, and there's little hope of going home. The older folks are now getting worried about the younger becoming assimilated into the Babylonian culture and losing the faith that they brought with them down to Babylon. There's no word from God in those days, no intervention. They're wondering, has he deserted us in his frustration over us? Suddenly, though, one day, there is a surprising, hopeful word from God to his people through the prophet Isaiah Comfort, comfort, my people. And he goes on to say, God is going to rescue you and take you back to your home. That was the message. But that announcement from God, while sounding good, uh, is met with some skepticism and fear and doubt. They're not sure whether to take that word seriously. They're not sure whether God can really make this happen. Honey, I shrunk God. God a little faith is at work here. We don't want to be hard on them, though. They don't have our advantage of knowing what lay ahead for them, as we know, as reading reading our Bibles. And they're not so different from ourselves, if we're honest about it. We have our own struggle sometimes with God's promises and his words to us. We have our whatabouts in rough times. What about the size of this problem, uh, this situation? It's complicated. Can God really do something here and help? What about my sinfulness? I really blew it this time. God has to have given up on me and walked away. Maybe he's even punishing me. Doesn't God even have his limits? Like the people of God in our text for today, we do have a tendency to fail in thinking magnificently about God. And so we have fears and doubts about his power and his promises and his abilities to come through. Years ago, there was a little book that came out that became a classic in Christianity entitled, Your God is Too Small. J.B. Phillips wrote it decades ago about our tendency in modern times to see God is smaller instead of bigger. We mistakenly assume he hasn't kept up with the times. When that happens, in our fear and mistrust, we turn to other sources for help. We turn to idols like the people of old to take care of us. An idol is simply this, anything you turn to for help when God has told you to turn to him for help. Pastor and Christian author Eugene Peterson writes, Nothing counts more in the way we live than what we believe about God. A failure to get it right in our minds becomes a failure to get it right in our lives. A wrong idea translates into sloppiness and cowardice, fearful minds, and sickly emotions. How true that is. I've seen that even in my own life. The prophet Isaiah's comforting news, though, in a section of Isaiah 40 through 55, which includes our text for today, reminds us of God's magnificence, draws a picture for us of that, of his greatness. The whole section tells us that God is still in charge, God cares for his own, and he can and will rescue his own. We can count on him. There are numerous themes which appear and then withdraw and then reappear as you read through those chapters. It's almost like a dialogue that's going on between God's people and God. They're asking their doubt-filled questions to God, and God answers through through the words of Isaiah that we have before us. Uh, Questions like this. Lord, isn't this a major task? Can you really do this? Rescue us? God says, I created the world and remember the rescue from Egypt. This is no problem for me. They also ask, Lord, do you mean to say that we're still in your plans? Hasn't our history with you come to an end? And God's response in Isaiah is, you're my chosen people. Remember my covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I remember it. You're mine. That hasn't changed. Another question, Lord, if you're in charge, why did this happen to us? And God says through Isaiah 40 through 55, your sinfulness brought all this about. Another, Lord, what moves you to be so good to us? And God says, I'm faithful. And so I forgive you. I love you. I have plans for you. But there was another question as well that was rolling around in their heads. Lord, There are many temples in Babylon. What will the Babylonian gods think about your plans for us? Won't they stop us? Are you you saying you're stronger than them, even when they have the home field advantage? And our reading for today in Isaiah 44 is God's answer to that question. Look at the magnificent titles God uses to describe himself. Thus says the Lord meaning he's sovereign over history. The King of Israel, he's in charge with all authority. Israel's Redeemer, which means rescuer. The Lord of Hosts, which means powerful armies of angels behind him. I am the first and the last. History is his story. He's the beginning, the end. He existed before all. He will exist after all. He is infinite, eternal. Who is like me? God goes on to say, I am incomparable. There's no God besides me. And you are my witnesses, God says to his people. Your very existence is living proof of my magnificence and greatness and faithfulness. Remember what you've seen in the past. I appointed an ancient people. He's taking us back to his covenants with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and also the covenant of Mount Sinai, as he established them as his people after he rescued them from Egypt. Remember, he says also how I said earlier to you, "This will happen." This exile you're experiencing in my judgment, and it did. Your history shows that what what I say always goes. My word never returns empty, and it surely will not return empty now. Trust it. There is no other God than me, he concludes. The rest are just idols that are made by man. The passage for today is followed by a, a rather comical tongue-in-cheek description of an idol-making factory, which ridicules the whole concept of idols. We ourselves, though, are often tempted to make and trust in idols for our security. When you think about it, we make gods and idols for ourselves out of money and possessions and success and popularity and other people and political power and nationalism and, yes, even Ourselves. These things, God tells us, that you're afraid of or tempted to believe in are nothing. Zero. They cannot hinder you nor help you. I and I alone am God. There is no other God. And here's the response God seeks from his people, from you and me. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? I've I've always kept my word. There is no rock to build your life upon but me. He's looking for a response of trust. I like how he describes himself as the rock. It's a common image for God in the Old Testament especially It's an image of strength and stability, solid footing, unchangeable, dependable. A rock is a place of refuge, shelter. God says, I am the only rock for your life. That's the message from God to you and to me today. I'm your rock. Trust me. Take me at my word. Build your future upon my promises. Count on me. I heard uh, the story uh, years ago about a little boy who grabbed a piece of paper and a color crayon and started drawing, and his mother asked him, what are you drawing? He said, I am drawing a picture of God. She said, oh, sweetie, no one knows what God looks like. He just smiled and said to his mom, well, they will when I'm done. God's word spoken to the prophet Isaiah today has just drawn us a magnificent picture of God, hasn't he? A God who is powerful and trustworthy. The only real God that we can trust in. We must ask, did God keep his word? Well, we know he did. God brought them home. But, Even that picture that Isaiah has drawn for us is incomplete. We find that in the New Testament. The the picture of God has ultimately been drawn for us by Jesus. You see, long ago after Isaiah, this same faithful, magnificent God who spoke to his own through the prophets, spoke to us through his Son, revealing himself fully to us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And no one has ever seen God, but the Son has made him known to us. That Son went to a cross to rescue you and me. He's our Redeemer, rescuing us from sin and death. God raised him up and affirmed the sacrifice of the son for sinful humanity and he exalted him and so he says to us, I love you, still, I forgive you, don't be afraid, trust me. His son said in an upper room the night before his crucifixion, don't be afraid, let not your hearts be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. I am your rescuer, your savior. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And when one of his own, in response to those words, said, show us the Father, Jesus said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And one day, this one from God, Jesus, the Son of God, taught his disciples, Whoever hears my word and keeps it, trusts in it and obeys it, is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. There's that rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew as they do in life and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock dearly beloved you need not be afraid god keeps his promises he is god alone he knows you he will never forget you he loves you He gave His one and only Son to die for you and rise again. He's in charge. He's the first and the last, the only God. So you can take Him at His word. That's the appeal today. Take Him at His word. Stand on His promises and build your life upon them. He holds your future in His hands. We may not know the future, but we know the One who holds our future and His promises. So now, let's relish this truth about our magnificent God. How great Thou art. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, and give you His peace. Amen.
0: You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. God keeps His promises, and we pray you'll take Him at His word and stand on those promises. As a nonprofit ministry, Christian Crusaders is dependent upon the free will gifts of our listening audience. Many people choose to remember a loved one with a memorial gift. These gifts are sometimes given to remember a special person on their birthday or another meaningful occasion. If you'd like to make a donation in loving memory of someone, send it to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our webpage, christiancrusaders.org, is also a convenient and secure way to support this ministry with a credit card donation. We thank all those who support this ministry with their prayers and gifts. You'll also find a printed and audio version of today's program, as well as numerous past episodes of Christian Crusaders programs. So visit us anytime at www.christiancrusaders.org. If you'd like to listen to today's message again, you can find it on one of three podcasts. The first podcast, called the CC Broadcast, is where weekly services are archived. The second podcast, called the CC Podcast Conversations, is where we archive inspiring interviews and interesting Christians such as gangster and murderer Ron Gruber and NFL football player from the University of Iowa, Ike Boddicker and other interesting and inspiring interviews we are confident you'll enjoy. The third podcast, called the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotionals, is where we host our daily Bible overview with six-minute devotions. These podcasts can be subscribed to on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You'll find links to them on our website at christiancrusaders.org. We're happy you chose to worship with us today, and we pray you can join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting the service was our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting and podcasting Biblical Truth since 1936.